Hey, welcome. This is Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. And I'm your co-host, James Parker. In today's episode, we're talking about student loan debt and how it's actually delaying retirement. We have a complimentary download and some more materials on this subject waiting for you. Winningatlife.com slash podcast 27. Winningatlife.com slash podcast 27. Hey, so you've been on this tear lately uh, about student loan debt. Why, why would y'all talk about student loan debt? Y'all are all about investing in money and maybe retirement savings on top of that. But uh, <laughs> here's why. Here's if why. you go to school, build the debt, you're going to have a problem saving later. College graduates who have student debt have 50% less in their retirement plan assets than those who have no loans by the time they reach 30. So it's not... Maybe if you take out a little debt, you're fine. If you get it paid off by the time you're 30, there's almost no noticeable difference in your retirement savings 20, 30 years down the road. But if your college debt lasts past age 30, that seems to be the tipping point to where it starts to have significant negative consequences. This is from the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College. Well, they are hurting the economy. You know, Alicia Nugent Freeland, member of our Total Wealth Authority on the real estate side, said it's delaying home buying by eight years. Dwayne has talked about it. Dwayne Stein, of more, host of Mortgage Gumbo, has talked about how it's affecting mortgages and such as well because they're having to deal with more debt. We've had callers say, well, I'm thinking about filing bankruptcy to get rid of the student debt. Not going to happen. And we've talked about, look, and look, people with college degrees have a lower unemployment rate, but I still don't think everybody should go to college and maybe it might should take you longer. But, and then we talked about degrees that, you know, we did that survey of 160 degrees. You should rephrase that previous degrees. statement. Some college degrees have a lower unemployment rate. Well, we were looking at a percentage of everything. Right, the average. But out. then we broke it down to degrees, actual degrees, which ones perform better. And there, there is a significant difference. And what, what was that? Uh, miscellaneous. Fine arts. Fine arts. And the math says. Huge we, unemployment rate. The math, I love math because it puts things in your head that you just can't argue with. So now I have four kids and they're three, five, six, and seven. And when I look at their cute little faces, I now have to hope, please, I would much rather you drop out of high school than finish college with a fine arts degree. You'll make more money and be less likely to be unemployed. So if it's either one of the two, I would prefer you to drop out of high school. It just it really puts you in some weird positions as a parent, but that's the math. All right, and, and look, depending on the numbers regarding degrees, the success we we th you, you just can't unwind this. It needs to be unwound and stopped. But one way is to is cap how much can be borrowed, subject to what your income and employment opportunities are, and it's going to be based upon statistics, which numbers don't lie, do they? No, they don't. All right, so then the question comes, should you start saving for retirement? You know, you're at age 30, you've got a 401k offered at your job, but you also have big student loan debt. Should you be throwing money at your 401k or throwing money at your student loan debt? But you need to be throwing money at that college debt because it's holding you back from, from now on. Go to school. Don't borrow the money. Edward 
in Meridian. You're next up on Winning It Life with Gregory Ricks. How can we help you, Edward? Hey, guys. I had a question about public service loan forgiveness, the PSLS. I have about, I think, twenty five grand, and I consolidated all that, and I'm making payments towards the PSLS. The income-driven repayment, uh, it's after 10 years they forgive the rest of the amount. I'm just wondering um, and if it might just be cheaper to pay it off out of pocket as opposed to paying it over the course of 10 years. Yeah, that one I, I'm not familiar with, but I've heard of some of those that are 20 years out where they, if they're making payments and then it's forgiven, except they have a tax bill on there. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with how to calculate that, but you're saying as your income goes up, your obligation increases, but at the end of 10 years, regardless what the balance is, is forgiven, right? Yeah, it's 120 uh, on-time payments, which equates to 10 years, and I believe they just take a percentage of your income, but I'm not sure how they calculate or, like, what the formula is for the IDR. So, like, right now I'm paying about 150 bucks a month, and if you stretch that out over 10 years, I'd probably save a fair amount of money as opposed to what I would pay uh, if I paid off the entire amount of a loan. And there's actually, um, for government employees, such as I'm pretty sure active duty military, uh, you don't get taxed on the amount that is forgiven. But I'm just worried about uh, later on in my career, as I'm making more money, if they're, ta- or they're calculating higher monthly payments. Wait, and, so Edward, you know, Edward, so you're telling me that if your income doubles, then you're going to be paying 300 bucks a month? Um. I, but that's the thing. I don't know if it's you know what the scale is and how they figure out how much you should be paying each month. But yeah, bucks a month. Yeah, you're cutting it really close right now because if your your income stays static over the next ten years, which is hopefully unlikely, Edward. I hope you improve your station in life over a decade. Mm-hmm. But let let's just use the baseline here. So okay. 150 bucks a month times 120. That's 18,000. I mean, you're barely coming out ahead by, by playing this game. So if your income goes up just a little bit, is there a situation by which you would end up paying, you could end up paying more than $20,000 or does it just, does it end it once you get to that 20,000 mark? That's a great question. I'm sure that's what I'm also worried about. So let's say I'm paying only 150 bucks a month on this thing. And the principal is allowed to grow because of, you know, the, draconian amount of interest that's on those things um let's say it inflates to a larger number and then i'm paying higher amounts as i make more money with my career um it could grow to a larger principal just due to the interest and the low amount of monthly payments well look this is this is my juvenile take on it i'm sure gregory will elaborate a little bit more but i wouldn't even try playing this game if i was in your situation i would just try and get this thing paid off and if i don't have it paid off in 10 years then hey magic happens and it, it gets taken care of but i wouldn't i wouldn't plan my life around that and, and try and and try and uh, game the system and have have that happen if it happenstance happens then life's been pretty tough for you the next 10 years edward I, that's not what i want to plan for what do you think gregory yeah edward so your loan balance is about 20,000 uh, yeah, that's my federal loans. Uh, you have to consolidate them uh, in order for them to be qualifying for the uh, the PSLF program. Um, okay. I have additional private loans on top of that from college as well. Oh, and you can't consolidate those guys into the PSLF, right? Oh, no. Uh, if that was the case, I, I mean, I think a monthly payment, that definitely would have uh, made a lot more sense. But it, it's right. just the fact that it's like a small portion of my debt. 
had a little time to, to brush up on this on the break because we haven't had one of these payoff questions in like a year or two. But there, there's a there's a lot of hoops to jump through for this. It, does it does it not kind of rattle your cage a little bit that if you are 15 days late on one payment that uh, it could blow up this thing? You have to file your employment certification form every year. If you miss a year, you're 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 screwing it up. If you make a mistake on one of those forms, it could blow it up. Uh, it doesn't. Really a headache when I'm talking to them. Yeah, you have to be on the income-driven repayment plan. If you get off that, it could blow it up. If you miss your income-driven repayment recertification date, that could blow it up. Uh, Missing payments is an obvious one. But what also, what happens if you want to switch jobs, if you want to go to a for-profit company, or if you get a great offer five years into this public service thing and you jump out? I'll tell you this much. I'm uh, active-duty military, and uh, as a... So I picked Naval Aviator, and so I'm on the hook for eight years of service as it is. And the way flight training has been going, it's more or less I'm looking like 10 years won't be very hard to make. So I'm not too worried about um, not making the requirements and also being pulled away by another job because that really isn't an option for me. He's a na- We're talking to Maverick from Top Gun. That's awesome. <laughs> Something like that. So have you ran the math to see how much this is going to save you or how you come out ahead? You have to assume some growth in income, of yeah, course, so to factor in. The, the, yeah, I'm not sure how they calculate. So every two years I'll be putting on uh, – so I'm at 02 right now. I'll be 03 in another two years. I haven't really seen that much of a jump from 01 to 02 as far as I think I was paying like 130 and now I'm at 150. But I don't know if as the loan grows bigger because I'm not paying off the interest or if I make more money if those payments start getting a lot bigger. Well, what is your interest? You know, if it's five percent, that's a thousand a year. Yeah, it's five percent. Yeah, so that's a thousand a year in interest. You're making more than that in payments, right? Yeah, is, about one fifth. Yeah, so I'll probably be paying. You're paying uh, some principal then too. How'd you know it's five percent? I guessed. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> He's done this before, Edward. <laughs> well, I was honest. I guess. Yeah. Hey, so, so and, where does that? But leave that's us? what I thought it would be. But so he is paying down some principal. Am I juvenile and thinking, man, forget this crazy program with all these bells and whistles and rules? Well, to that's follow. why I asked him if he's calculated. There's probably a savings there in the 10 years. He may come out, you know, a few grand ahead. And, yeah, and you know, ultimately all- that does help if you're going to do it and you mm-hmm. can hit these rules, <laughs> that 15 day thing and this recertification form. So there's some hoops, but you know, that's what would get me to it is, I do this 10 years, assuming those races, adjust the calculations, and boom, okay, it saves me three grand. And like you said, you're going to be there for 10 years anyhow. Yeah. If you um, can jump through those hoops, saves you some money, then that's the way to go. you got the other obligation you got to throw money at as well. And then as far as putting extra money towards it, the private loans, you can get – they were higher than 6%, but if you're military, um, you can get your – uh, private student loans capped at 6%. So all my private loans are at that percentage. Uh, and so it makes more sense each month for me to be paying if I have extra money into that as opposed to uh, my consolidated uh, federal loans. Yeah, I I agree that. Care to share how much the other loans are? Uh, I think last time I checked, it was just under 70. I'm looking at about oh. 60 grand in private. Wow. 
Yeah, anyone who's listening, it's, uh, you want to let Uncle Sam pay for your flight training. Uh, pick something else besides aviation before you enter college because uh, I'm learning how to fly right now, but I thought I might try it as a civilian. Flight fees are a lot more expensive on top of your tuition. Wow. I see. All right. Yeah, it's a chunk of change. Well, tell Goose I said hi, Edward. All right. Thank Thanks you for much. listening. I don't disagree with him at all there. It's, it's that the consolidated keep that minimized but yeah he wants to keep that down and if he can come out ahead with with his income coming up but it's not like he's going to get you know out of the whole 20,000 he's paying more in than the interest so he is going to knock down principal and as his income goes up those payments in income so i don't know that he comes out a lot ahead but he does if he's got extra money he has to throw it at that other 70,000 and get that, and he's got some protection there that the interest rate is capped. So that's good thing going for him there because that's something that can get out of hand as interest rates go up. Hey, Carolyn and Metairie, you're first up on Winning It Life with Gregory Ricks. How can we help you? Hi, I'd like to ask a question about a 529 account. Well, you called the right show? Yep. All right. Well, I have 529 accounts for my two grandchildren, and I've heard that they can negatively impact financial aid applications. That is accurate. They're what do gonna, I do about it? Well, they're going to look for you to spend that money first before they kick in money. That's why I kind of frown upon using 529s because there's some tax advantages to saving through that. But really, when you think about it, how much money are we putting in those? It isn't like we're putting away hundreds of thousands of dollars or even a hundred thousand dollars typically in those accounts. We're a lot smaller, but What's the problem is it's going to show up on a financial aid application. So they're going to take that in consideration where if you're looking to help those children, just simply put up money in a savings account for them. And you you totally control it and you can parcel out the money as they need it. And nobody's questioning or affecting the child's parents as well financially with you trying to help. So you're wanting to help, but then... The others are kind of pulling back. Oh, grandma's going to help, so we don't have to kick in as much until the money runs out. The other way to handle that is to put money into a Roth. Now, that depends on your age and income situation, a lot of variables there. But I kind of like a Roth because you, if you have the money in a Roth, and especially, say, a parent under age 59 and a half with children growing up going to college, there's no early withdrawal penalty for purpose of paying tuition. And I would trust you, if you're giving money to your grandchildren, I would trust you completely as an advisor. I would trust you, okay, set aside account, and let's build up some money. Even if we, you were working through us, I would just kind of segregate money that you're wanting segregated for that purpose and look out for it. We can't go taking risk like to lose the money and such. You really need to be careful with it. It's important money for education. That's kind of how I look at it. Well, let me ask another question. Since I already have the account, would it be a better situation if I uh, gave ownership to the parents? It's still going to show up on the financial aid. I don't know much about the transfer of ownership. We've not done that. I don't know if it's possible. Whether it is or isn't, you still haven't solved the problem. And if we were able to talk more about it, the advice could go towards let's stop adding to that and not enlarge that problem there and save elsewhere for helping them. Is there any way to unwind it without? No, got to use it 
for that. Actually, you pay penalties for, to for our high school and get you know use it up in high school. No, it's for college. No? Yeah, and if you unwind it for other purposes, there is penalties in doing so. So that's also the other thing about it. You and I've got a client that you know what it was overfunded. They didn't use all the money. So how do you get it out when there's money sitting and all the kids are through school? Penalty. Well, that's somebody nice. need to pay for somebody's tuition. There'll be more kids come along, but that's that is it. So, and then what if you're doing it for this child and they don't go to college? Not everybody goes to college. Penalty we to all, get it out. We want them to go to college, but they all don't go. You can't just roll that over into an IRA or something like that. That that would just be too easy. Uncle Sam's got to get his. Uncle Sam's gonna get his. All right, Carolyn, you can't unwind it without a penalty. What do you think now? I don't know. I wish I could roll it over to a Roth or something other than a 529. Well, if, if you'd like to talk a little bit more and see what there, if there is options on exploring that, I'm going to look into it Monday anyhow since you brought that up. We've just never had anybody ask, well, can I roll it over? Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Carolyn. Time. Yeah, I, once again, we've talked about it a good bit. I drink the Roth Kool-Aid. I think a Roth is a great tool for doing that. So are you just generally against 529 accounts, period? Yeah, just kind of for those questions and, yeah. and financial aid. Most everybody's needing financial aid, getting some help. And I, I hate for stuff to count against us. There's a couple that came in and, and there was a, they had a fixed annuity, and, they, and I asked, why in particular did you use that? And they said, because when I put my cash in there, it didn't show up on the financial aid. Hey, thank you very much for spending a little time with our podcast today. I hope it helped you out. If you want some more materials and a complimentary download on student loan debt, go to winningitlife.com slash podcast 27, winningitlife.com slash podcast 27. But I do have a day job that goes with that. I'm a financial advisor, money manager, IRA, Sherpa, in a sense, help people with all these types of questions regarding the required minimum distributions, how to handle rollovers, how to set it up, how to grow it. Where are you on your financial path? Do you know where you're headed? How is it going to look when you get there? What is your risk number? My office number is 504-832-9200 or go to gregoryricks.com. Thanks for hanging out today. We do this six days a week. Catch all of our episodes live and on podcast with winningatlife.com and the Winning at Life app. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management, Gregory Ricks and Associates, WJ Blanchard Law, LLC, Jay Heath and Company, and Mortgage Gumbo are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Annuities are insurance contracts designed for retirement or other long-term needs. They provide guarantees of principal and credited interest subject to surrender charges. Annuity guarantees and protections are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurer. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. 
Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute legal or tax advice. Our firm is not affiliated or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Ricks and Associates. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Induction of an individual into Advisors XL Hall of Fame is based on a financial professional's cumulative annuity production. It is not indicative of the individual's knowledge, experience, or past or future performance. Advisors XL is an independent marketing organization located in Topeka, Kansas.